You are listening to the NIHL Flyby with your hosts Matt Lindsay and Dave Ferrari, proudly supported by Skaters Network and Pride Tape. Welcome to episode number 21. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Lindsay. And I'm Dave Ferrari. And what a week it has been in hockey, Davey. Let's rip off the band-aid straight away, mate, and get into it. We are now in lockdown. Seven days got announced on Thursday during the press conference. Um, from 5pm Thursday, lockdown began. Yeah, mate, uh, disappointing. Um, you know, initially I thought oh, when Sydney was in lockdown, the coast... I thought only a matter of time before a case has come up here. And uh, as you know, we're both pretty optimistic people. But uh, And then I thought once we had gone this long without getting cases and in lockdown, I thought we might have been through it. But uh, it has nipped us in the butt. But you know what? It's nothing we can't handle. Hopefully uh, everyone does the right thing and it's uh, we're not in lockdown for too long. Absolutely, mate. Um, we've certainly bounced back as a city before and we're able to uh, get back into the swing of things, especially down here at the rink. So... Everyone just hold tight uh, for the NI season um, and we will get that back up and running as fast as we can. Yeah, absolutely. So everyone's been notified, as you probably would have seen, uh, captains via emails and if you just look on the front page of the NIHL website also, um, the season's just on pause. So essentially the goal is to play all remaining regular season games and playoff games, um, but we'll just take it week by week as we can. We've, look, we've had to jam a heap of scheduled games into a short period of time before. Um, and we've always been able to get it done. So very optimistic, uh, not do, not making any decisions just yet, other than the season is on pause and will resume once we can. Absolutely. Now, speaking of paused seasons, uh, a lot of people would know that the um, all the clubs in Ice Hockey New South Wales held a meeting this week, I believe on Wednesday night, um, to kind of discuss what the rep season was going to look like. Obviously, that's been on hold for us um, for the last kind of six, seven weeks. We've still been practising um, working on our systems and, and fitness, mate. But um, do we know any news yet or are we still in that uh, kind of prediction stage? What's the plan there? Yeah, nothing as yet. Um, I guess the vote went out to all the clubs and not just the clubs, but the actual teams within the club. So each division had their own vote. And um, from what I understand, I wasn't privy to these meetings, but from what I understand, it was pretty uh, unanimous that all teams wanted to play as much hockey as they can. So once out of lockdown, they want to try and finish the season. I think naturally it's going to be condensed because uh, I know, you know, they can't really go past Christmas. Um, Last year it went uh, up until kind of late November, early December, I believe. So I'm guessing it will be likely the same thing. Um, So just like the NIHL, all rep hockey is also on pause and just waiting to see when uh, both Sydney and Newcastle now come out of this lockdown. Yeah, definitely. I think for me personally, I have a real distinct difference between summer hockey and winter hockey um, and the, the motivations behind those and um, getting excited and engaged. And I think if the rep season was to go too far into the summer and even next year, I think uh, it's going to lose a bit of a spark for me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's something, um, well, it's something I've never had to do personally. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I know just from my hockey experience, sometimes uh, a break is a really good thing. Um, can be really bad if it can kill your team's momentum or whatnot. But because we haven't been playing, because our opponents have been locked down, um, you know, now we're in a bit of lockdown, on a bit of, of a pause. I think uh, that time away will 
we'll maybe get uh, reignite that motivation, that excitement of the season. And when we do come back, um, look, I know for our senior one team, we'd, we our goal is just to win a championship. So whether that happens in uh, September or December, I think once we do hit the ice, uh, we'll be as hungry as ever. Couldn't agree more, mate. Um, now, I just want to jump across to a bit of feedback uh, from our listeners through the week as well, mate. Um, overall, our feedback seems to be they're absolutely loving the podcast, mate. And more specifically, a few of the uh, the personal stories that we're sharing and a bit of banter. So um, that's great. We kind of thought we would start to you know bring our personalities out a little bit more in these podcasts. So the fact that we're getting good feedback about that is uh, really promising. So um, we also have a few new listeners as well that um, kind of came to the surface through the week in one of our good mates, Tim Stanger. He, he came up to us and said, He's loving listening to our voices while he's uh, rolling the paintbrush. So got to give a shout out to to Timmy there. I think he's gone back to the start though, hasn't he? He has and uh, he's not been the only one. Some people have really surprised me when they're like, oh, I was listening to your podcast. And even some people that work at the rink here that do not play hockey um, have told me they listen to the podcast and it, it's really kind of taken me back and they always follow it up with, I don't know who the hell you're talking about when you cover the games, <laughs> but uh, but we have a listen, so, which is excellent. So uh, I guess for the players out there, you've uh, you've got some reach, and uh, there's more people in that you think more people than you think of in Newcastle that know exactly how you and your team are doing. Definitely. All right, let's now jump into our winter NHL season, Davey. We had the round three on Hockey Night in Newcastle Saturday night. So I'm going to pass over. The, I was about to say pass over the mic, but we've actually got two mics now, so I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, we've got the pro um, set up, mate. That's so right, I'll, I'll but I'll let going, you take it away. Going on my own mic. Um, now, this is the last round, obviously before lockdown. Round three, meaning everyone has played everyone to date um, while we're in this pause. So, it kicked off last week in a game that I actually had the pleasure of refereeing, Matty. I uh, worked that game with Benny Hughes. Uh, it was the Division Three Sharks taking on the Gold Miners. The Sharks winning this one 8-6, to six, but um, the Sharks at one stage had a quite comfortable lead, but then uh, you know, I have to co- talk to Coach Lindsay because I don't know what happened to the Sharks, but they just had a moment in this game, uh, quite a long moment, where they just were very flat. I think it was partly to do with them being flat, also partly to do with the goal miners just uh, coming storming back and uh, actually got within a goal... Uh, on the back of a Suzanne Garris goal, uh, her first for the season. So well done, Suze. And at that stage, I tell you what, I thought the goal miners were going to um, storm right back and steal the game. But uh, a late goal to Will McGann um, actually just put the icing on the cake for the Sharks. And he was flying that night. But a uh, real big shout out to Andrew Miller, a player that's gone a bit under the radar, uh, for me at least, to date, but he had a he had a hat trick on the night and two assists to add to that as well. So a really strong game from from uh, Andrew. And he t- talking to Coach Steve Lindsay after the game, Arky Hearn uh, was his standout. He thought Arky had a brilliant game. So obviously Arky made the jump from Div Four to Div Three this year. So well done, Arky. Uh, and for the gold miners, um, it was it was just a bit of a down night for uh, Ange. Uh, he, you know, he came out at the start of the year and just played unbelievable against the Bandits um, and just looked like he was in career form. But uh, he was fighting the puck a little bit in this game and uh, couldn't get the victory for the Miners. But it was a great game nonetheless. 8-6, high scoring. I think the fans all left happy. I think uh, Captain Marshall's not going to be too happy, mate, after your prediction 
coming to fruition there, picking the Sharks for that game. Um, I know he uh, he likes to get his team revved up whenever you pick against a mate, and it's unfortunately gone against him this week. Well, as uh, Conor McGregor says, win or learn, and um, they didn't get the win this week, and I think they might have learned some lessons. So when they do get back to playing again, uh, don't be surprised if they're in my uh, win column for the tipping. So next game was the Wolves taking on the Bandits. Uh, another close game here with the Bandits getting up 6-4 over the Wolves. But for the Wolves, and we mentioned this guy's name a lot, Manny, but can we just – I don't think we can say enough about Jordan Van Elst. Three goals on the night. And I think um, probably – if it, does anyone carry their team as much as Jordan Van Elst? Not a chance, mate. He's always a standout for that team. And I think he might be in the running for, for a celebration of the year. Um, it was obviously pure adrenaline. Um, I can't remember which goal was his first. I don't know if it was to tie the game back up or something, but he was certainly very, very happy to get that goal. And, yeah, I think adrenaline took over and he just slammed his stick down on the ice just out of elation. So it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I witnessed that one as well. It was a real captain's goal, real captain's celebration. It was excellent. So it was only him uh, and Sam Biddles getting on the score sheet in this one. Uh, Sam Lynch had a pretty good game though He's a bit of a dangerous scorer It's games like that where I sometimes wonder Even though Sam didn't get on the score sheet Is his threat of scoring Is that what's opening up this room For, for players like Jordan to score We'll never know But uh, good job by the Wolves But the Bandits uh, getting back into the win column You know they shared around the scoring pretty well in this one But uh, Jacob Taylor netted the game winning goal Matty So still rather new player in our league uh, that's a massive goal for Jacob and just, just kind of proving he's taking that next step in his hockey career. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing, mate. Just every season he seems to improve. Um, he's come a long way from the learn-to-play graduation and just to see him get that goal, see the celebration, he's just a great dude as well. So really happy for him. Absolutely. Um, Bandits outscoring the Wolves in this one, 25-13. to 13. So hats off to the Wolves for making it uh, as close as they did on the scoreboard while getting uh, rather heavily outshot. Moving forward now to Division 2, Hawks taking on the Bears. Um, this game, wow, this one, this is one for the record books, Matty. The Bears, game of the round, mate, like you used to say. Absolutely, game of the round. This one ended in a 7-7 tie. Uh, so the Bears stormed out to a five-goal-to-one first period. That's good. Uh, in the second period, though, it was two goals to one to the Hawks. So if you're the Bears... That's bad. And in the third period, uh, if you're the Hawks, outscoring the Bears four goals to two. That's good. Mathen, two goals on the night, including the last goal, which was a game-tying goal. That's good. Uh, but unfortunately, Chris Priestley, only 13 saves on the night for 20 shots. That's bad. So, you know, a lot of good, a lot of bad happening there. But uh, probably the biggest takeaway is, like you said, clearly game of the round. Um, you know, huge lead just clawed back by the Hawks. Uh, end up tying it up. Talking to Captain's Mi- Captain Miles and injury uh, after the game. After the game, although they didn't get the win, uh, he said it certainly felt like one for them. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's. Pretty obvious uh, the insertion of Mitch Hett on the Bears made a big difference, mate. I think he got a couple of goals. I didn't see all of his goals, but I'm sure he he probably was close to a hat-trick, if not more. Um, Four goals for Mitch. Wow, okay. There you go. Four goals. So, obviously, he's been a huge lift for the Bears. Absolutely. So, 
moving on now to the other game in Division 2, Hounds taking on the Outlaws. Again, another close game and another tie. So two Division 2 games this week, Matty, both ending in ties. Excellent to see. Uh, the Hounds won, the Outlaws won. Um, goal scorer for the Hounds, young Malik West. So a rep player, plays on the rep midget team. Um, entered into our league late this year, uh, filled up one of those final remaining spots on the Hounds. Uh, he chipped in for an unassisted goal, and for the Outlaws, it was sorry. Un- just quickly on that goal, mate. It was very nice. It was kind of a bit of an individual performance, skating through the opposition um, and tucked it far side, just over the pad. So beautiful shot. Very nice. Uh, for the Outlaws, Hunter Al Massey uh, with the assist to to Scotty Dewar. Um, so the young guys continue to lead the way for them. But, uh, you know, shots 20 to 16 with the Hounds just getting the edge there. But uh, very close game. And actually that Outlaws goal came with only 41 seconds left in the third period. So just like the Hawks, uh, I'm sure they were celebrating it like it was a victory, um, you know, getting a point for themselves. Division four now. Uh, Cyclones taking on the Blackhawks. A two-to-one victory for the Blackhawks. Got their first win of the season. All about the booty this game. The booty, mate. He was back. He opened the scoring for them, uh, the big booty. And Matty Botham followed it up with his first goal of the year. So he's got his first goal puck. Uh, that was the game winner. Came at uh, 12.59 of the third period. Uh, Layla McKenzie, mate, in net. She just continues to get better, better, and better. Uh, eight saves on nine shots for the night. But... Um, you know, she was, uh, she's her, worst, her hardest critic, I should say. And after that first game, very hard on herself. Mm. And then we see, saw her just get better in the second game. Now the third game, um, really proving that she is a goalie. Yeah, look, she's very invested in that role, coming to practices, um, has her own equipment, is getting private shooting to come out and just work on her skills. She's obviously wanting to get better and it's showing on the score sheet. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, what's great to see in this one is... It was a late game, 9-15. You know, the Div 4 has been lucky so far this year, a lot of early games. This one was uh, right at the end of the night, but the Cyclones, mate, had a full roster turn up, uh, as did the Blackhawks. Amazing. So, excellent the to see. The love of the game. Love excellent to see to it. to see uh, Hockey Night in Newcap- Newcastle capped off by uh, a full full game of full rosters. I'll stop rambling, Matty, and hand it back over to you. Thank you, mate. All right. Let's move ahead now and get into our Pride Tape sightings for episode 21. All right, Davey. I think we had a sale through the week actually during Learn to Play uh, for some Pride Tape. But in terms of Pride Tape sightings, had a couple that I saw over the weekend during the games that uh, weren't the usual standouts. So want to give a huge shout out to Angus Sutherland, Michelle Kulcher, Chloe Bradshaw and two... Uh, unique players, mate. Absolutely. Dustin and Abby Freeman. Um, they're not actually playing in the league yet, uh, but you can see them playing mini hockey or mini sticks uh, in front of the skate hire and, and up and down the aisles a little bit. So getting after it and uh, both top end and the blade covered in pride tape. Excellent to see. Absolutely. That is the wonderful Katie and Nathan Freeman's children, for anyone who didn't know. That is right. And also, uh, like you said, Chris Kazeri picking up some bride tape uh, at Learn to Play. That's a bit of a resale. So he's run out uh, a couple of times now. Sam Lynch also picking up some more during the week. So it's good to see that it's not just a one-off um, thing for a lot of these players. And they're making it uh, you know, a regular thing to put on their stick uh, somewhere. 
to just uh, be be another one of these allies for uh, and champions for change. Definitely. All right, Dave, let's now jump into one of our segments that probably gets the most feedback through the week from our listeners via email or social media channels, and that is... Take me back to the sweet times. Press the wrong button there, sorry, right. mate. We're getting better, though. We yeah. are getting better. And that is... All right, Davey. Now, before we jump into this week's mystery player and the people who correctly guessed the mystery player, we have an apology, don't we? We, uh, we missed out on one of the players who wrote to us through social media through the week last week who did correctly pick Andrew Tucky. Um, yep. So we really have to give him some props here. Yeah, that was my bad. That, uh, that is Sam Kay. He was right on the money. He, uh, he wrote to us through the Instagram page, the NIHL or Community Through Hockey Newcastle Learn to Play Everything Instagram page, not the NSA one, um, with his guests. And he was bang on. Uh, but uh, in us collating the, the winners, he somehow slipped through the cracks. So uh, great job, Sammy. And uh, Sam is, was also correct with this week's guest, Matty. There you go. And I'll pass it over to you to announce who the mystery player was. So our mystery player was Kelly Stock. And the winners of this week was again the McCormack's mate, Brendan and Sherry. And as you just mentioned, Sam Kay. Yeah, well done to those guys. Uh, geez, aren't we just getting some regulars, Maddie, that are all over the league? Um, you know, we try to make it dip more difficult for them slowly, and uh, and I think I have one this week that, that will do that. But, um, geez, I, I think the odds are stacked against me because we have some real uh, real experts out there. All right, mate, let's jump into this week's. This week's player, uh, born in 1970 and has played over 100 games in the league, all for one team. But we're not going to reveal who that team is, because that may be a little too obvious. Uh, But in those 100-plus games, they have just over 40 points. Um, And this year, they're yet to get a penalty. And would you believe it, Maddie, that in their entire career, they have less than 10 penalty minutes. Um, That being said, you can't pull the wool over my eyes, mate. I have seen this player battle very hard for the puck. And uh, has a bit of a mean streak in them, but he's just uh, battles cleanly enough to do that without getting a penalty. So that's all I'm going to give you for this week's Who Are You? And um, let that be a little challenge for the experts out there. All right. That's interesting, mate. When you first started, I was thinking Mathen after you said over 100 games for the same uh, same team, but... uh, Sharky and then... Yeah, you're right. He did play for multiple teams. So interesting one. Yeah, I'll be curious to see who gets this one, but that is this week's. All right, mate. Um, We're going to change it up a little bit. As listeners would know, love our segments, love changing it up and seeing what sticks. Um, So we're not going to do a take me back this week, mate. I've actually decided to change it up and play a little game uh, with the listeners um, and see if we get any, uh, any feedback. So... We're going to dive right in now to the new segment, and it is... That's right, mate. This is The Voice. So we're thinking through the week, had a chat, and thought, how can we better interact with 
the listeners, mate. So we've decided to jump into The Voice where we're going to play three different clips and we want to see how successful our listeners are at picking who the people are that are speaking in these clips. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, You know, we want that interaction and we also want to be a little bit educational. Um, These are all, uh, um, can I say this, Maddie? They're all from hockey. And, uh, you know, if you are well-versed in the uh, hockey world, you will likely know these three players by voice. By voice. Um, so let's see uh, how well-versed you are. I like it. And I, I noticed you said players there, but it's people, not players necessarily. Absolutely. So Absolutely. maybe they, we're throwing you off there, maybe we're not. They may have been players one day. All right, so good luck, everyone. I'll take the first one, Matty, and um, we're just going to queue it up here. And, uh, all right, have a listen, guys. Here's the first one. The other teams that struggled for years. What's the Pittsburgh model? They struggled for years and got draft picks. They got a lottery. They won a goddamn lottery. Yeah, pretty unique one there, mate. I I think uh, the voice would probably give it away. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Let's move on now to number two. To the minors. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to go any further. I... I I don't like the way he does business. I don't like him. You saw his starting lineup. I mean, you've been down that road a couple of times. It's Bush League. i got to get out of here. Yeah, that's right. There you have it, mate. Very iconic voice and uh, a, a person that has a lot of sound bites out there. So it should be well known. Absolutely. And the final one, we'll play that now. And they are the champions. Glory, Gloria, 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 I think I got your number, Gloria. All right. <laughs> that last one always gets me, mate, when it, when it came out, bit of a cracker. Um, so we'll see how, how people go with that. I think that's probably going to be the easiest one, to be honest, um, just with the familiarity of that song. Yeah, a little, little recency uh, bias. Yeah, so we'll see how they go. But that is this week's. All right, Davey, we decided to throw out a story this week on our socials asking for some player questions for this week's podcast, mate. So let's jump straight in. I have, I have questions. I've cut that off a little bit early. Short. It's meant to say questions. Yeah, you might have to do uh, some post uh, post editing in the in the studio, but um, yeah, absolutely. We put on the Instagram page uh, this week. You know, if you have a question for the pod, um, let us hear it, and it's something I think we'll do each week because we had a bit of feedback, which is good. Uh, Going to go into the first one first, and that is uh, someone asked. I'm not going to reveal who, so just so you know, you shoot us a, me- a question. We'll keep it anonymous. So if you want that freedom to, to ask the hard-hitting ones, um, go for it. So this person, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous, hardest goalie to score against in Newcastle. Now, I got a bit cocky with this one and said, I want, we're not just going to give you the hardest. We're going to give you the top three. So, Maddie, I'm going to throw you under the bus and let you start it off. In all of Newcastle, currently, Dane Davis ain't here anymore. Mm. Top the uh, three hardest goalies to score on for yourself. Look, I think most uh, people would already know this one, mate, it's at least in Division 1. Um, but I forever have had difficulty scoring on this guy. Um, he He's probably not the most technical, but he gets very big and he reduces angles very well, and that is Darren Wade. He, I 
me and Darren just have something going on. He, he's aware of it. He loves to get in my head before we play each other. Um, but I tell you what, Darren Wade is by far the hardest goalie in Newcastle for me to score on. Very good. So he would top out your list. Uh, you want to fill in two and three? Oh, two and three. Now, I'm probably going to have an equal second, I think, for the next one. Um, and it's probably a bit more due to recency bias and me shooting on these guys a lot uh, this year. But that is Travi and Timmy. Mm. Uh, Tim Waterson, that is, and Travis Lang, who are both our senior one goalies. So we, we practice against them uh, every Monday night, every week, and have done for the last few months. And, um, you know, both have the ability to be really on fire and kind of stop every shot at practice, which they have done to me before. Um, but equally, there's some nights, mate, where I'm just fine in the back of the net and just can shoot anything from anywhere and it seems to go in. But I think they're equal second for me. Uh, okay. So, yeah, great list there, Matty. And uh, I, I... I haven't got to my third one, mate. <laughs> sorry, mate. I, I picked... Sorry. Uh, I, I have, was I have said three. <laughs> I've said three goalies. But I gave two of them equal second. That, all right. right, that's what got me. That's right. Now, third. There's a couple of goalies you could go here, mate. There's obviously Jace Polglaze, who took a few years off. Um, Ethan Speld, who is the AHL goalie, East Coast goalie, um, does play Div 1 for the Lightning. Um, and Brad Lindsley, who is another one who kind of hangs around Division 1 in summer in-house um, haven't shot on him a lot lately, um, but I do know I used to find him pretty difficult to score on. But I think if you were to ask me this question a year ago, I probably would have said Jace Polglaze, but he did take some time off. So for my third, I'm going to go Ethan Speld. Very good. Very good list there, Matty. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be boring and agree with you too much, but there is a bit of similarity with mine. So I actually have the same number one as you, and that's Darren Wade. Um, and you wouldn't think, you, know, you wouldn't think it. And that, <laughs> I better preface all this with th- none of this is offensive. There, there are plenty of great goalies in Newcastle, um, and uh, we have the luxury of shooting against many of them between summer league drop-in practice. Um, and I can, you know, no goalie is easy to score on. That's for sure. But, but similar to you, mate, Darren Wade is. Uh, I think with him, less is more. And he's just very technical. He knows his angles. For me to score on Darren, I've really got to hit the, the exact corner of the net or, or something like that. So, And, uh, and I, str- I struggle with that. So Darren, uh, he's had my number for years in summer. Uh, so he's my number one. Now, my number two would probably be Tom Munro. Uh, yeah, Tom Munro is what he's going by these days, I believe. Yep. Uh, the current AIHL goalie. Um, partly because I haven't shot against him a lot. I was uh, practicing with that team at the start of the year. Found him quite difficult in summer league. I think I only got a couple on him all year. Um, difficult also. Uh, big goalie, pretty technical, pretty athletic. So he's difficult for me. And then I would say third for me is uh, is Ethan Speld also. Now, I like to think I can beat Ethan Speld. But I think where he gets the edge on me is because because I know him rather well from being around the rink here and had him on the national U20 team when he played for Australia. Because um, I know him quite well, I really want to beat him a lot. And I think that works in his advantage because uh, sometimes I think I'm trying a bit too hard to score 
and uh, and he has the edge on me there. So, yeah, three goals for me. Darren Wade, Tom Monroe, Ethan Speld. Uh, I'd take any of them on my team any day. Perfect. Let's move on to the next one. I have, I have questions. Questions. So uh, this one came in. A uh, bit of a tricky one, Maddie, and I know it's happened to me. Uh, it was, what are you supposed to do if you accidentally catch the puck in your glove and or pants during the play? So maybe the puck gets flicked up in the air. It's accidentally got caught in your equipment somewhere. What do you do? Well, I think more often than not, when that happens, the whistle is usually blown because everyone's looking around, no one can locate the thing, and everyone just starts doing kind of pirouettes on the ice just trying to find where that thing's gone. But um, I've certainly had games where, um, you know, if someone's been able to locate it quite quickly, they have just quickly got, uh, for example, if it went into the hockey pants, um, people have been able to kind of grab it out quickly and put it back down on the ice right in front of them and plays carried on. Um, around ruling for that, I'm not too familiar. I don't know. I know you can't close your hand on the puck in the goal crease, otherwise it's a penalty um, or a penalty shot even, I think. Um, but, yeah, not sure what the ruling is for doing that during the play, but I'd say most often it just kind of, yeah, play is blown dead. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think the play would be blown dead when the referee loses sight of the puck um, in a situation like that. Um, yeah, I think taking back to when it's happened to me, uh, you, you, your first instinct is to get somehow shimmy or shuffle it out of your equipment to get onto the ice as quick as possible. Um, that's kind of the goal. But sometimes, depending where you are on the ice as well, for example, if it's in a scoring area and you're defending, um, you may just kind of try to freeze or, or play dumb a little bit. Like, oh, I can't find the puck, can't get it out. Um, because you know a whistle is not too far away. Um, and I think the refer- referees there, particularly in a contact game, trying to protect the players would blow that down pretty quickly because um, you know you could take contact pretty easily when it's caught up in your pants or glove or something. So, um, yeah, not one we see often, but I would just attempt to shake it loose. Um, if I couldn't or if I knew it was like in the back of my pants or <laughs> in the, you know, the overhang of your hockey pants uh, – and you know it's not coming out or it's going to be difficult to come out, I'd even probably signal to the ref like, hey, you know, hand in the air, uh, probably need a whistle for, for a stoppage here. Yep, absolutely. That's a good question. Great question. And moving on now. I have I have Um Now, this one that came in, Matty, uh, and there's a bit of a story to tell here, but it's who is, who is a faster skater, Matt or Dave? Oh, I'd love to know who's now, asked this question. Yes. It must now, have some insider info, well, we, mate. We but. are anonymous, but uh, I'm going to take this one here because... Sure. There's, um, you know, I can tell you there's only been one time that we have ever had an actual race. Uh, and that was the 2013, 14. 2014. 2014 National Development Camp, Peewees, I believe. And they were doing the on-ice testing. And uh, I think it was goal line to blue line, Matty. It was. We were the coaches. Let's just preface that. We were the coaches in the tracksuits um, running the kids. And, you know, the kids uh, getting involved with them, chirping a little bit, and they wanted us to race. They wanted a number of different coaches to race, but we were paired up. And uh, I thought oh, I was, I was going to get smashed. And I think I, you thought the same. Um but we lined up and uh, I just was in sync that day. I had a terrific start, got the long stride going. 
and uh, I beat you to the line. So with one race, Matt, I can say against you, I'm undefeated, mate. Yeah, look, mate, there's a lot to unpack about this, though. Number one, we're in tracksuits. You've coached for 15 years. I coached for three minutes. So I wasn't used to skating as quickly as I could with just a tracksuit on. So let's just start with that. Secondly, it's not really relevant to a hockey game, mate. Like, there's a lot more factors. One, there's the puck in play. Two, there's a lot more bodies on the ice. Three, you've got equipment on. And I'm pretty sure I could guarantee you that if we raced with equipment and a puck, I would beat you. Well, interesting, Matty. Um, you know, history says otherwise. But, uh, you know, I, I think it is uh, very relevant. You know, if you think, uh, and you'd actually be very familiar with this, being on the offensive blue line, shooting the puck, hitting shin pads, bounces <laughs> behind you, and now it's a sprint from the offensive blue line right back to the net. Um, there's a classic example of why you need that kind of zero to 100 speed. Uh so, yeah, you know, I, I did have the advantage of having some experience in the tracksuit, but I would have thought of you being the first time in the tracksuit would have, um, you know, not, without gear to weigh you down, I thought you would have been a little quicker. So, Mate, look, let's not forget 5'9 versus, what, what are you, 6'1, six, 6'2? Six, exactly. There's a lot lot more of me to lug around out there. No, I, it's I a agree. lot bigger stride, a lot more strength through the core, mate. But anyway, we'll move on from that. I, we'll I really want to find out up, who, who decided to put that question in. But we, well, we can't reveal that, Maddie, because I've just, I've promised an, an amenity. <laughs> That's not a an word. Amenity. Uh, that they will all be anonymous. Our final uh, question here, mate, not to keep I it. Have, I have questions. Not to keep it too long, but uh, best brand of stick to use. I think this one is, uh, we definitely have a clear cut favourite, but Maddie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have used multiple uh, brands through my career. Um, but for me, Bauer for the last kind of decade has been the stick of choice in terms of brand. Um, I've also tried the the trees within Bauer. So I have tried all three, the, the Nexus, Supreme and Vapor. Um, and Nexus has been by far and away the favourite for me and the most often used. Absolutely. Look, I, um, I've used a number of different sticks as well. Um, the best sticks I used uh, before I was with the Bowers were Easton. And Easton, if everyone can remember, um, were heavily dominated in the NHL by the most used stick. Uh, Bauer purchased the company Easton, and now Easton is Bauer. And, uh, and I definitely feel that in their sticks. I think they're excellent. Um, similar to you, I've kind of stuck with one family and that uh, is the supreme for me. I like the square shaft feel and I like where the flex point is. Um, but I've, I've never really had a Bauer stick that I've hated. I'm not a big fan of the Vapor. It just doesn't feel as crisp as the Supreme does for me. Um, but, uh, but they're all excellent. And, um, you know, we have a relationship with Skaters Network. But uh, it's a good thing we do because uh, it's Bauer all the way. Yeah, definitely. You mentioning Easton just then kind of threw me back to the, the Z-bubble. Do you remember the Z-bubble? Mate, I had a heap of Z-bubbles and um, they broke in one spot. Do you know where that spot was, <laughs> Matty? Where was that, mate? In right in the Z-bubble. That uh, mm, taper right at the end of the shaft. There you go. I had one in a two-piece back then. I don't know if yours were two-piece or one-piece with the yeah, Z-bubble. The Z-bubble was always a two-piece. Oh, there you go. A shaft. Okay. And I do remember when the synergies first came around, the yellow, the silver, the red, the blue, they were just a stick that everyone wanted. And, and as you said, the one that was used mostly in the NHL. 
I don't know if you remember, but um, that was a. It was probably the last piece of game changing equipment that's come out is the one piece sticks. And in fact, in the NHL, um, goaltenders tried to get them banned because um, the big thing was before one piece sticks, there was you know two or three players on a team that were shooters like the Ovechkins and Stamkoses, which we see these days, and and everyone else was. You know, it was easy to deal with from the goalies. But goalies said that once those one-piece sticks came out, everyone on the team was a shooter. And we saw goal scoring go up dramatically. So, um, yeah, how times have changed. That's fascinating. Maybe that coincided with goalie pads deciding to get bigger and bigger and bigger to the point that they're at now where a um, bit of controversy in, around the AHL, mate, with some goalies some championship years having very big equipment and very big jerseys. And we'll leave it at that, I suppose. But yes, yes, um, big tents for jerseys, I believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Now, Davey, I think there'll be some people out there that may be familiar with this name, but Matt Brown, mate, Matt Brown has been with us since our business started. Since day dot. Since day dot, he's been involved in the NIHL. He's been involved in learn to play. He's even been a spectator of us playing in AHL for many years, mate. Um, and he got in contact with us this week to share something. He's a bit of a historian and, um, you know, he just thought while we're doing some take-me-backs and things like that, he just thought um, that everyone should know of uh, the gold miner's tale. Um, just a bit of a background of, you know, the gold miner's team and, and very, very relevant actually to this year's squad. All right. Let's listen to it now. The gold miner's tale. Old Miner Gembic was a hard-working man just looking to make some extra bucks for his family. His neighbours Reynolds and Newberry were quite well off, and Haley just wanted to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. One day he decided that he was going to head down to Sutherland Drive and hold up the local banks for all the gold that they were holding. He was going to Robinson them. It was almost high noon when he summoned up the courage to storm the bank and force them to hand over their gold. The nervous tellers handed over the gold and old Mine Gambit quickly counted it up and tucked it into his duffel bag, hightailed it out of there. Just as he was leaving the bank, he heard a stern voice yell out from across the street, Stop right there. It was the marshal. Marshal Henry. Old Miner Gembic's face turned white as he turned around and faced Marshal Henry. Marshal Henry looked at Old Miner Gembic right in the eye and said, I've got my deputy marshal on his way, just in case you don't go quietly, old man. Old Miner Gembic stood there for a second, contemplating his next move. He whipped out his pistol and aimed it right at Marshal Henry. Old Miner Gambik said, Any chase from you, Marshal, and I'll be putting a bullet right in your Kalasovskis. Marshal Henry froze, his jaw dropped, and it almost hit the freshly cut garass he was standing on. And before he could put together a rebuttal, Old Miner Gambik had taken off. Marshal Henry gave chase, but there was no sign of Old Miner Gambik anywhere. He just disappeared. To this day, it is still believed that Old Miner Gambic never was captured and is still alive, living on the Sullivan Islands as a free man. 
Well, mate, that's the gold miner's tale. Fascinating stuff. That was uh, really entertaining. There you have it. Um, you know, we always knew Gembic as, a, as just a bit of a gun goal scorer, but uh, clearly showing he will do whatever it takes to get those goals and to get that gold, so to speak. Absolutely. Now, interested to hear what Matt Brown comes up with in the future for uh, some other tales, mate. Yeah, I believe he has one for every team. So we'll just have to sit and wait. Um, he's hard to get a hold on Matt Brown, so you just kind of got to wait for him to come to you and um, see what he see what he comes up with. All right, let's jump into our final segment for this week, Davey, and that is Dave's Question Corner. Just two things I've got on the roster for today's Question Corner, Davey. Now that is, the first one is skate sizing. Now, I don't know if we've brought it up on the pod before, but um, it's certainly evident in our winter in-house competition, often with newer players, um, but skate sizes. I just feel there's a few players that might be out there in sizes slightly too big for them. Now, what's the impact of having skates too big? Absolutely. It's it's the most common problem. Um, and skates that are too big can cause a range of uh, problems. Well, skates these days, and well, for the last, I would say, uh, 10 to 12, 12 years, have the toe box is made to be anatomically correct. So there's a left and right toe box. Prior to that, the left toe box would be the same as the right. So you would have to fit them a little bit bigger just to get comfort in the toe box. Whereas now um, there's left and right. So they're designed to fit really snug. I like to say snug like a running shoe. Um, when you have a, an athletic running shoe and you're running, you don't want any movement within the shoe. Um, so the biggest thing, if the skates are too big, is the skate's not going to be fitting you in the in the right areas. So the ankle pad's not going to be right on the ankle. That toe box is not going to be lined up to where your foot should be. Um, but the, the biggest thing is your foot is going to have to be gripping the footbed to stay located in the one spot because there's going to be movement in the skate. So typically if you grab out an insole of a skate that's too big for someone, if you look under the big toe and the kind of first three toes, generally that insole will be worn out under those toes because they're pressing down at all times, gripping the footbed, trying to keep the foot located in the same spot inside the skate. So doing that, um, you don't realize it when you're on the ice, but it's very fatiguing. So your feet and legs are going to fatigue way quicker than they should. Um, so that's probably that's the number one thing the second thing is you're going to likely um, incur things like lace bite and your feet getting cold because there's that negative space within the boot that's going to um, that's going to cool down and uh, cause you to have cold feet so yeah tighter fitting skate is just going to allow you to be more responsive out there when your foot moves the skate moves and much more comfortable and much less fatiguing on your foot Excellent. I appreciate you diving into that, mate. That was really informative and hopefully some of our players uh, go and test the footbed in their skates and just see where their feet are sitting. That's the best thing you can do is pull out your your footbed, pull out that insole and um, if you've had the skates for any amount of time, you'll be able to see exactly where your toe is sitting and you want to be, when you're standing up straight in your skates, you want to just be feathering the end of your skate. When you go lean forward into that hockey stance, it's going to pull your toe off the end a little bit, and that's that's a perfect fit. If you cannot at all feel the end of your skate, then likely they're um, they're a bit too big for you. All right, mate. And the only other point I had uh, for discussion today was the Olympics. 
Aussie, 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 mate. How good are the Aussie teams going in a multiple array of sports? Oh, mate, it's it's excellent to see. Um, actually, I, I'm going to dive out quickly because I was listening to the radio this morning and an interesting fact, um, Canada, which, you know, through because of hockey we're familiar with, um, all the medals they've won, only two have been won by male athletes. So very heavily female dominated. Uh, female dominated in Canada. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting fact. But uh, the Aussies, oh, it's, I found myself watching the boxing the other night, um, mm-hmm. and I believe it might be on tonight or or, um, or or tomorrow. I'm not sure where that uh, man will fight for gold, but he's guaranteed himself at least at least bronze, uh, first boxing medal in a long time for the Australians. Um, but I think the biggest, the most impressive one for me was the BMXing. Um, the first time I've really seen it at that level and uh, I can't remember his name but uh, he got the gold and just whipping around the course with a BMX he couldn't have done anything more with that bike flinging it round just landed everything didn't he and it was so clean it looked like a video game yeah and just letting go of the bike midair that just blows my mind the confidence you have to be able to catch that thing again before landing back down the ramp that's just a phenomenal thing to see so pretty cool that BMX and skateboarding have made the Olympics this year it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of those sports, I suppose, if there's a boom in skateboarding again and, and skate parks around the local communities. Uh, we'll be interested to see what happens there. Look, uh, it's it's the Summer Olympics, so obviously no ice hockey there, but um, I would really love to see the Summer Olympics incorporate inline hockey. I think that would um, you know do wonders for us to grow the game. And in fact, the Australian inline hockey team um, is rather competitive. Less countries playing, obviously, than ice hockey. But uh, I know in the past we've played against some uh, countries that would be in the top division for ice hockey. So uh, it could be a good in for us to to get exposure at the Olympic level um, through inline hockey, which would in turn uh, help ice hockey. I think all over the world, inline hockey is a great introductory sport to ice hockey. So I think both sports are the winner at the end of the day, regardless of what, what's getting played. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great point. Um We're even pretty fortunate enough to have a few of the inline national team players playing locally here in Newcastle with Jaden Ryan um, and one of our good mates from Skaters, Lee Turner, as well. Um, So we might have to have to to chat to them in the near future and just get their opinion around that as well. Absolutely. Um, now, Maddie, uh, as we're in lockdown, um, there's there's not a lot. uh, I guess our lives quite drastically change because you know the both of us we're hockey every day whether it's working on the league, working on our learn-to-play program, just working on our, our business, NSA Hockey. Um, and now, although we still get to work on projects, um, you know, the summer season coming up and things like that, but it's drastically changed. So, mate, how will you be keeping yourself uh, busy in this uh, seven-day minimum lockdown? Mate, uh, that's a great question because I don't actually have a house to live in at the moment. I'm still living at my in-laws. Um, you are home. Oh, yeah. I should have yeah, <laughs> worded that better, but... Um, my lovely in-laws have put up with us for eight weeks now. Um, it must just feel like week two. Oh, absolutely. It's flying by. Um, but yeah, the house is meant to be ready in about two weeks. I'm hoping COVID doesn't change that too much. I know there's been construction um, lockdown restrictions in the past. So we'll wait and see there. But hopefully, um, yeah, things are still tracking along with that. So I'll be tracking the progress with the house. Um and maybe even diving into a bit extra content for the flyby listeners, mate. What do you reckon? 
Absolutely. We can, uh, there's plenty of stuff we can do. And just on your house, you know, I'm kind of learning through you, Matty, but um, as you're getting stuff done and the hockey world uh, is a, is a, a large one that we have a heap of tradies and such. Um, like I know on our senior one team, we have Gav, who's an electrician, does a heap of solar. Sammy Lamott's done electrical work at my house as well. Um, Lockie Powell's the company he works for is actually coordinating your your build. Um, so there's a heap of people out there. So, you know, if there's anything the flyby can help do for you and spread the word, um, if there's someone out there looking for a little bit of, bit of extra work or maybe you can even be picking up tools at Maddie's house, uh, let us know. Absolutely. I do know that uh, Matty White is a wardrobe man. Um, I see the big van park. Yeah, I've front. seen that a few times. So I might have to drop him a line in the near future, mate, if yeah. we're looking at getting some wardrobes. Timmy Stanger is a painter. Ethan Spell, the painter. Plenty of tradies among the community. Absolutely. All right, mate. I think we've gone on long enough. What do you reckon? Uh, anything else you want to add to the potty this week or maybe even for the next few days if we do look at adding in some extra content? Um, but yeah, anything, any last words before we wrap up? Yeah, mate, look, lockdown sucks. There's no two ways about it, but I think we just need to embrace it, make the most of it, enjoy the time away um, and keep in touch with the community. You know, like you said, we may throw out some extra episodes, perhaps maybe some interviews out there just to give you some more content to stay connected. And we cannot wait to see everyone back here at the rink. But in the meantime, stay safe, look after yourselves and please stay connected to our community, community through hockey. Absolutely. You've wrapped it up perfectly, mate. As always, thanks for listening, guys. And we will chat to you again soon.